Hi everybody, I'm your hot with Scott Kellner and you are tuned in to Digital Mentorship. Digital Mentorship is a podcast designed to educate college juniors, seniors, and current professionals about career possibilities. If you can think about what you wanted to do when you were declaring a major or getting ready to graduate, is that anything close to what you ended up doing? Do you think somebody else getting ready to graduate has any idea that a job or career or your business even exists? The goal of this podcast is to help narrow the gap between what individuals think their career must be and what it could be. Disclaimer time. Scott Kellner works in the private wealth management industry, and it's possible investments or securities are talked about in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Was the summer of the fall. Hello and welcome to Digital Mentorship. My name is your hot with Scott Kellner and my guest today is Mason Pogue. Uh, Mason is the director of True Lacrosse for uh, Florida. Is it the South? Is it the South? Is it like by region? Uh, just the state region. of Florida. Yeah, just, just the state, state of Florida. Florida. Director for True Lacrosse from the state of Florida. He's from uh, Columbia, Missouri. Played lacrosse at Carthage College. Um, and uh, Mason, I'm super happy to have you on the show today. Scott, I appreciate it. It's uh... You know, it's been exciting to uh, hear everything that you're doing and trying to get everything introduced with, you know, some of these young minds. And, you know, I'm here to help out and, uh, you know, pick your brain. You can pick mine every once in a while and we'll uh, we'll see if we can help some of these guys out. Uh, well, I, I know that you're passionate about working with young people and uh, and mentoring people. And, you know, I'm excited to get into that. And it's one of the reasons why one of the reasons why I thought you'd be great to have on the show. Um, and so but first, like, just tell us about. Like, what is True Lacrosse? Yeah, absolutely. So True Lacrosse is a private uh, lacrosse training company or slash program, if you will. Um, and we're nationally based. We're about 18 different states now. Uh, we actually reach from coast to coast. We just now entered California. And I'm, on, I'm in Delray Beach, Florida, uh, which is just north of Miami. So we're pretty much coast to coast, which is really cool. But what we do is uh, we run essentially a travel organization uh, but it's training based. So we won't um, extend into, you know, grabbing all the players possible. We try to set it up in training wise where we don't go to a million tournaments or events or showcases or camps and clinics. We try to focus on more of the practice and development, skill development of, of the kids, uh, boys and girls. And so when we do that across the country, you know, once you practice and have the uh, mentality of, you know, the training aspect of the program and the individual, um, when you go and play a tournament or you go play a game, the kids know exactly what's going on. So we break it down from basics all the way into pretty high IQ items. And then we immediately get them into an event. And we usually say that the event is like their test. So we go and get tested and we say, Hey, where do we need some work? And then we get back to practice and we get going. So over the course of a year, I mean, kids will get anywhere from, 100 to 160 hours worth of training and then they get about three or three to five events where we travel and go play other local or national competition so it's a really cool setup um you know and the kids really enjoy kind of moving up through the program i mean we have anyone from u8 which is you know seven-year-olds uh all the way up to juniors in high school and once you get into the high school realm we really kind of switch gears and we Get, we really start to figure out how they want to get recruited to go to college and go to the next level. Now in our program, I will say that we get 
you know, we're a little spoiled. We get pretty, pretty intense guys and girls, like guys and girls that really want to get into college and play lacrosse. Um, and then also, you know, sometimes we get people that just want to play lacrosse in high school and then they're done there. But I will say we kind of get the cream of the crop sometimes when you get to the high school realm. And that's just because that's when it gets a little bit more serious. Um, so we try to get them into um, school for academics. And then on top of that, if they can play lacrosse as their platform and get to school and get some financial aid or scholarships or whatever it may be, then we're all about it. So, you know, we really switch gears when they get to high school, but it's been really fun. Um, and, you know, that's just, you know, for true lacrosse, it's just been a really cool platform on helping young guys and girls uh, develop, become better versions of themselves, the best versions of themselves, and then also get them to college and, uh, kind of start their career that way where once you get to college and you start kind of trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, I think that sounds, and that's how we know each other is from, is from coaching for true lacrosse. I worked for Mason for, uh, I don't know, probably about two years, I guess. So yeah, when you were years, out here, yeah. you were the, you were the director for the state of Utah. And um, we had a lot of fun, I think, coaching together. I thought true lacrosse was a great program. And, um, and well, well, very cool. We'll, we'll get more into true lacrosse and how you got into that and what that means in terms of your platform. But I wanted to back up for a second and play this little game uh, that I like to play called two truths and a lie. And so you told me that uh, you were 21 as a freshman in college. Mm -hmm. uh, your brother and yourself are named after famous golfers and that you've lived in five different states. And so I'm pretty sure the five different states thing is true. Uh, and I know that you've kind of had, uh, you know, I know you guys are a big golf family. Your dad's a golf pro? Or like you, my dad is not a golf pro. No. Your dad's he's not just, a golf he's pro. He's very into golf. <laughs> he's just very into golf. Uh, I'm gonna say the 21 freshman in college thing is a lie. That is correct. Yeah, so um, I ended up, it was funny out of high school. I, I, I was already the older guy in my grade and yeah. I took a year off out of high school. And then when I became a freshman in college, I was 20. And as soon as I graduated my uh, freshman year in college, I was 20, like immediately 21. My birthday is like early June. And so I graduated, I became 21 immediately, but it was just kind of funny because in college, all the guys, the grade above me were like my buddies or the guys yeah. I connected with the most. And it's because essentially I was older than they were at that point. And, and then, you know, it was just, it was just weird just being the older guy and then also taking a year off. I just pretty much like red shirted for two years and then, <laughs> and then went to college. So, which is funny in the lacrosse realm, that's not too, un, uh, you know, not too strange now. A lot of people, a lot of kids do that, but yeah, so I wasn't quite 21, but I was pretty dang close, but it was, it was funny too, though, when I was graduating college, I was almost 24 and then, you know, you get kids that come in as freshmen, they're like 18 years old. And they're like, dude, I'm, you know, I'm so much older than you at this point. This is crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it was different. So I thought I was trying to throw something close to you and then try to throw you off guard a little bit, but. So you uh, guys are named after famous golfers then? Yeah. My middle name is Nicholas and it's after Jack Nicholas. Yeah. And my brother's <laughs> middle name is Hogan after Ben Hogan. No way. That's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. And, so, uh, and even to go more in depth, my first dog that we had was a golden retriever when I was growing up and his name was Mulligan. So, no way. Oh, yeah. My dad's a pretty big golfer. Oh, that's funny. That's great. Well, yeah. um, well, so I wanted to ask you, um, you know, kind of growing up, you grew up in Southern Missouri. 
And what, um, what was, what was that like? Kind of like, what was your story? What's your story growing up and how did you get to college? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I kind of had the more of a normal, uh, you know, Southern Missouri life where, you know, and you got to also know it was like, you know, you and I are similar age, but you know, we didn't have, I hate to say as we were saying this, but like when we were like young, we didn't have phones and all that stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's still funny to say that, but cause you see some of these kids now and they're like, you know, like 10 years old, they got iPhones and stuff. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, you know, I was into, you know, being outside playing, breaking stuff, you know, causing trouble, like not crazy trouble, but just like, you know, my brother and I were just causing mischief all the time. And so, um, but we were outside and, you know, when we were growing up for, it was funny where we lived, we were North of town and we used to go to school at this place called Harrisburg, Missouri, which is like, if you look down on a map, I mean, that's like, that's like in the middle of nowhere. And <laughs> we had a school and there was like 300 kids there, like literally like fifth through 12. And so, um, when we got to school, we went there for a couple of years and he's, you know, my dad saw that we were like, obviously pretty good at sports, my brother and I. And so he sat us down and he was like, Hey guys, you know, we need to figure out like, what do you guys want to do for sports? Cause if you could stay at this school in Harrisburg, like you guys are probably going to be pretty good. Or you, we could go into town and like meaning Columbia where it's a lot bigger town and you know, we could, we could do that route. And I was like, well, you know, where are sports better? Right. And so I was, he goes, well, they're better in town. And at that point I went to like the largest high school um, in Missouri at the time called Hickman high school. And um, so we went into town and I, you know, I did the three sports. My brother played baseball and basketball. I played uh, football, basketball, and uh, I ran track at that time. And, you know, when I got to high school, I played, I played freshman year <clears throat> football and it was funny. I was athletic enough and can throw the ball really well, but I couldn't remember any of like the plays. <laughs> yeah. And so if you're a quarterback, like that ain't going to work. So, so that was short lived. And, you know, I was also, you know, in high school there, it was like, I mean, we had 75 guys on the team. I mean, it was crazy. So, um, so I, I stopped playing football pretty quick, kept playing basketball. I was varsity all four years. Wasn't like a starter or anything, but you know, I was just, a big defensive guy uh you know I played the one and two which was fun and then when track season hit you know I was really in shape already from basketball so that was cool but then all of a sudden so this is kind of where lacrosse starts and then so all yeah. of a sudden the following year I was like all right I'm not playing football got in shape for basketball crushed basketball and then instead of running track my buddy during basketball season was like hey have you ever tried this lacrosse thing and this is my sophomore year and I've never mm -hmm. played lacrosse before and I was like, yeah, I see you guys playing it. Like I can, you know, it's very similar to basketball. Obviously you get to have a lot more space and you get to, you know, hit sometimes, you know, you get some contact there, which is good. And so I went out and just messed around with the guys for a little while. And I was like, I could do this probably. Um, so anyway, I went out, stopped, I stopped running track and I went out for a little cross team. And at that point I was playing defense. I never picked up a short stick. I only played defense. And that was because, you know, coming out of basketball season, I can keep people in front of me. Right. Um, and so what the first whole year I played lacrosse, I ended up one, I ended up making varsity, which is great, but that was probably just because of my athleticism. And then two, I would play defense on guys, take the ball away where they would drop it and I'd pick it up, sprint down. <laughs> and I would literally like shovel pass 
to like my attackman or like midfielder. Right. And then I would run yeah. back. And like, like that's right. all I did the whole first year playing lacrosse my sophomore <laughs> year. Um, and then mm. after that kind of started rolling on, I really started working on like the skill part of it. And then my stick skills just drastically improved and I played midfield and I never played anything else afterwards. Um, but anyway, after high school, uh, you know, I played lacrosse. We, we had a good run. It was weird in high school. We kind of had like a group of like 25 guys that were all the same age and we were all buddies and we all played lacrosse. And so we had like a really good run throughout that. And it was kind of cool because we'd have to go play the MICDSs, the CBCs, all the private school boys from St. Louis and like Kansas City. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we'd give them a good run. We'd win every once in a while, but most of the time we'd probably get waxed. But it was like, you know, it was so fun. Like, who are these guys showing up, you know? You know, we'd show up to these schools and these guys are all decked out and they're all, you know, sick they're looking. They know what they're, they're doing. All private, they're all private school kids and you're going. Yeah, to they all know what they're doing. And like, we show up and we're like, these just farm guys, like, you know, yeah. just like with all these like shoulder pads, all stuff on. We're like, hey, what's up? We're playing lacrosse. And, uh, and then we'd go out and give them a run just because we'd work harder. And so uh, they were just way more skilled than we were. But uh, yeah. anyway, so after, after high school, I was like, I was kind of burnt out in school and had nothing to do with sports, but kind of burnt down school. I had a few offers from some places to go play lacrosse, which was cool. Um, but then I took a year off and I actually worked at my buddy's dad's pool store. So I was the actually, pool a pool, I was a pool boy for like a year. <laughs> I, so I'd roll around Columbia cleaning pools, like building hot tub or like putting in hot tubs and putting up pool tables and some other stuff like that. And don't get me wrong. That was fun. But what that was, was me taking a year off. I literally like saved money. All right. Tried to save money trying to figure it out. And of course, you know, my dad's kind of in the background, you know, like, Oh man, it's like, is he going to go back to college? He kept sitting me down. He's like, it's okay if you don't go to college. I'm like, dude, I'm going to go to college. I just needed a break here. And so anyway, I ended up getting an offer from Carthage college, which is a small D three school just North of Chicago uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And it's around the lake, it's a beautiful school, uh, private school. Uh, That's you know, your Jersey school. back there on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. This one right here. Yeah. yeah that one right there. Um, I ended up going to get an offer there, you know, and so what that offer essentially had was, you know, some financial aid, which was good. But then on top of that, they actually paid for my housing. That was like one of the grants that I got. So that was kind of sweet. So it's, you know, cause D3, you can't have scholarships like full rides or things like that. Right. So they try to find different ways to help you out and give you money. That's, that's part of the reason why Westminster went D2. Uh, when they were yeah. trying to decide between going D2, D3, it's like, oh, well, from a scholarship perspective, it's like less complicated if we go D2. Correct. Correct. And so, so that was, so they gave me some money to or they pretty much pay for my housing, which is great. So I stayed on campus all three years or, you know, three out of four. And um, anyway, anyway, showed up to Carthage, ended up um, playing lacrosse and, and going to school and, you know, it took me four years to graduate, which is normal. And uh, kind of moved on after that. I mean, I get, yeah, it's funny how the whole intro to college happened when I got to the team. That was kind of interesting, but, uh, you know, pretty fun time actually getting over there to college. And it was funny. My dad was dropping me off to school and he was or at college, like dropping, you know, the first day or whatever. And I just kind of looked at him and I was like, Hey man, like, I love you dad, but this might be brutal, but like, I'm not coming back. And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'll never come back to Columbia. <laughs> I'm out. And he's like, all right, that's kind of harsh, but okay. And I just saw all my buddies just stay there. And they just, and to be honest with you, a lot of them are still there and they just never got out of the bubble. I'm like, and then obviously my life continued and it's been like just a roller coaster, but it's been super fun. 
Well, I know, um, I mean, I, this is probably a good time. One of the things that you told me in kind of like our pre-show call that I think is that I think is kind of like different about you in the sense that you said you love change, like you embrace change. And I think a lot of people are kind of like scared of change. So maybe, you know, is there a reason why, like, did something happen to you when you were like younger or something? Or like, why do you think, you know, change pumps you up so much? Yeah, you I mean, have I, lived in you have lived in five different states. You've moved a lot. You were you were pumped to get out of your hometown. Like, why do you think you embrace change so much? You know what? I think it's because, I mean, I think deep down there might be a few things, but I think just the number one thing that I love change is because I love interacting with people so much. And so, if you stay in your hometown, you're always interacting with the same people. Same people. And and you're seeing the same scene all the time, and you're going to the same places, and. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. That's a comfort thing for sure. But with me, I did that. I would do that for like a little while. And I'm like, all right, we got to, we got to switch this up. We got to get something else going here. <laughs> and so for me, just the opportunities that were coming with work and college and other things, it was just like the, op- the opportunities were like, Hey, well, you can go here now. And so I would just be like, yeah, sounds good. Pack up the bags and just roll. Um, and that would be my change. Right. And so I think it's mainly just interacting with people, um, getting to hang out in new places, uh, getting to know different communities. I think that is actually what deep down or I'm sorry, just yeah, deep down is like what I enjoy about the change so much. Um, you know, I, I try to do some you know, just side like free work all the time on just like in the communities just, just so I can go meet other people and just like get out of the, get out of my own comfort zone a little bit um, and then get back into it a little bit if it's not, <laughs> if it's not the right fit. But, but it's always yeah. like, a, you know, I think it's almost like an adrenaline thing too, right? So, you know, something that's changed and you got a little adrenaline pump and you're like, wow, this is different. Like all your senses are rolling and it's like, yeah. I've always been kind of an adrenaline guy. Um, if it comes to anything like extreme, like I'll go do it. But so, I mean, just that change is kind of just a minor part of that too, you know? So it's, you know, I've always just kind of enjoyed that. Um, that make, I think that makes sense. And I think that kind of talks a little bit about, um, you know, kind of like your journey from, uh, you know, I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but I did think it was kind of interesting how you started out. You thought you were going to be an underwater welder. Yeah. Right? And you were, and, and we can, we can touch back on the story, but I kind of wanted to try to tie these thoughts together. You wanted to be an underwater welder and then, and then you got to Carthage, you studied physical therapy and Mm -hmm. then you, and then we kind of talked about it, like in our pre-show call, like how, you know, that was fine, but it was like very one-to-one. It was like, you were helping people and, and that was great, but it was very one-to-one. And then you found an opportunity to coach and you liked that it was more of a one-to-many platform. And we kind of talked about how, you know, the, the, the goal for you has always been the same about like helping people and trying to connect with people. Um, It was really just finding the platform to do it. And you found that with coaching. Um, And, and it sounds like it's kind of part of the, part of the same thing about like about change, about experiencing change, going to new places, meeting new people, uh, changing up the scene. Um, It's kind of still finding that one to many relationship that you're passionate about. I think that's, you said it perfectly. I think that's, you know, coming from, you know, coming from a place where it was very agricultural based, you know, in the middle of Missouri, you know, I was, I was training to go to tech school, which is, you know, all the welding stuff. And I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. 
uh, you know, just not four years. It doesn't cost as much. I can go to school, get out of there quick, have a great job after the two years of tech school. Right. And, but I was so into sports. I was like literally the only guy in my class that was like into sports. Right? And you can probably <laughs> right. imagine that. Right? So, like I was the only guy in sports. I'd show up in like my Jersey sometimes. They'd be like, who is this guy? What is this, this guy? And uh, so after that, you know, when I was playing sports and I got, you know, offers to play lacrosse and, you know, a couple offers like play like a basketball, like a super small basketball school or whatever. I was just like, wow, maybe I could just go to school for this. So boom, I went to school for that. And then, you know, like you said, I mean, that's a total change. And when I got to college, I was like, all right, what do I study? Right. Um, well, you kind of decide that a little bit before you go, obviously, but you know, what do you do? And so I was into the coaching part, the, you know, I was doing, I was trying to be a physical therapist at the end of it, but I was, studying sports science and exercise physiology, which is how the body works, you know, personal training, some different things like that, how the body operates, recovers. And so I knew that in that category of like work, I mean, you're helping people, right? You're helping people. And then all of a sudden during college, I would actually go to like these summer camps in Maine and like hang out with younger kids and, uh, be a coach for them, you know, we can get into that. But I mean, it was like, that was a really cool experience. I'd literally just get shipped off for the summer and go hang out at this camp and be a, literally a camp counselor for two years. Like that was like super cool. And as soon as that happened, I think is when I, that's like really when it switched and it was like, all right, I definitely want to help people. I, I don't know wh where it's going to land and what platform it's going to land on, but I know it could be A or B. Right. And so uh, it's either am I doing it in an office setting where I'm like a physical therapist or a personal trainer, which, you know, your office is the gym, I guess. And then, or am I doing it through young people coaching, like a counselor or a team or a program or whatever the case may be. So yeah, that, that message always stayed the same. But I think when I fully decided is when I got back from one of those summer camps during my, I think it was like sophomore or junior year in college, I was just like, all right, this is definitely what I want to do. And then all of a sudden after college, I ended up getting hooked up with True Lacrosse, the company I'm still with. And, you know, it's been really cool to build things from literally zero ground up and build it into an actual program and, a, you know, a solidified program and name. Um, so I think that's a cool challenge that I've always liked as well. And that's kind of the background of, yeah, I'm helping young kids. I'm building something that's changed, right? And I've been able to do it under the same umbrella of true lacrosse, but been able to do it multiple places in the country. And it's been really, really fun. And, and you're right. I didn't know that's how it was going to get drawn up. You got to be able to kind of roll with the punches a little bit and uh, just, you know, not get too caught up in uh, a big plan. You know, some people have like huge plans, you know, like a 10 year plan or whatever. Um, unfortunately, I've never been like that and I'm just not wired up that way. I have a little bit shorter timelines and that's just because I know things are going to change and I need to be able to like, just kind of roll with it. So it's been really fun. And that's definitely, like you said, it's definitely been the same platform and the same message. Um, you know, it's just been a couple different alleyways to go um, <laughs> to get there, but it's, it's been, it's, but I've definitely found it. It's really, really cool. Um, so I guess, you know, maybe talk a little bit about the importance that you feel how you feel it's important to be able to um, cause I had my buddy Curtis Roberts on the show and he talked about the same thing. He talked about this idea of 
you know, kind of him and my friend David Clark of being flexible, being willing to kind of like roll with the roll with the punches, so to speak, um, and not being so fixed on what you feel like you have to do. Um, I mean, maybe just talk a little bit about how you feel like that mindset um, has helped you in, in your career, um, has helped you um, in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the number one thing I can think of just off the top of my head is how much amount of stress would you like? Um, <laughs> I, dude, I'm serious because, because no matter what, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how your life's going. It could be going great. It could be going terrible, but like, you're going to have a stress of some sort, right? Yeah. There's going to be some stress. There's always stress in life. It's never going to stop. You just got to live with it. Right. Yeah. Um, it could be like, Hey, I forgot to take the trash out. Now I'm stressed or <laughs> now we have something bigger where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm hurting to pay rent this month. So it's like a lot bigger stress, you know, or yeah. I have health problems. Okay. That's a huge stress. So there's a lot of different levels of stress, but I think no matter what you always have stress. So to your question is, how do you roll with that a little bit? And I think for me, one of my, I want to maybe say, how do I deflect uh, is, is changing. So when I change something, one, that stress maybe goes away or yeah. it minimizes that stress a little bit. And so if you constantly have a mindset, okay, if I can change something, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, or if I can be a little bit more relaxed and have a little bit more of an open mindset of saying, Hey, okay, things aren't going to plan. All right. I'm going this way on the road. And all of a sudden I need to veer for a second and keep going. You know, the guys that are the girls that are so structured and going one way, they're going to be really thrown off guard when the stress happens or something changes. Right. Um, and so if you just have a mindset of, okay, I'm a little bit more relaxed, there is change going to happen. There is stress about to happen at some point here. It's not all going to be great right off the bat, or as you're continuing, um, you're going to hit a roadblock. Right. Um, so if you're a little bit more calm and a little bit more open-minded, when that roadblock hits, you're going to be able to veer around it or get over it a lot faster and more efficiently than you would be if you were the other way. Um, and so I just know for me, like I said, one of my deflections maybe is to like change something and that helps me get around that roadblock. Um, but then I get right back on to what I want to be doing. Um, and like you said, that's just the bigger, bigger picture items where you're trying to get to. So anyway, that's just, I don't know. That's just something that I try to maybe do. No, I, I think, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Um, you know, you can choose, um, you know, maybe I feel like, trying to be grateful for the, the, for the things that you have, as opposed to always just wanting the things that you don't. I mean, you can, you can, can kind of learn to control your mind and control um, the stress that you're putting on yourself. And yeah. I think if you have a very fixed mindset, it's easier to fall into this kind of trap of like putting a lot of pressure on yourself. I would um, agree. And I would have to say, you know, with nowadays too, is especially with young people uh you know young adults is actually like social media and like the internet like that actually doesn't help much at all like don't get me wrong i'm on social and all this stuff and i look at it but as soon as you do the comparison or i need to be here at this age and things like that just because like social media kind of like you know you know puts projects that i mean that's a tough that's a tough situation so um i will say that the young adults now 
you know, hopefully everyone has a great household and they can help steer that. But um, having that social and so much information all the time is almost like a crutch to when we, you and I grew up because, you know, we couldn't just like start rolling on Instagram or all this crap. You know, we just like, we didn't have that. We were just like, yeah. We climb trees and stuff. Yeah, we <laughs> you know, or whatever. We just like, yeah, we didn't have all that stuff. So I would say that helped a little bit with just some of your morals and other things like that. But I, you know, um, but I think that if people stay like you, I think you said it great, you know, grateful for what you have. Don't get too far ahead of yourself on, I, you know, the needs and wants to life, uh, you know, kind of roll, go with it now, um, you know, live more present and be good to people, be kind to people, make good relationships, you know, try not to burn bridges with people. Um, and if you do try to fix them just cause you'll feel better and you never know what connection is going to come back around, um, and really help you out. You know, I've had that happen many times in my business, you know, uh, it, it's, it's happened a, a crazy amount of time. I mean, I still got people from Illinois and college and even Utah when I lived out there that hit me up and they're like, Hey man, how you doing? let me know what I can do for you. And I'm like, wow, how cool is that? You know, I haven't talked to this person in a while, but I helped their kid or I helped them somehow along the way. Maybe you do it in passing. You don't even know you're doing it. Um, but I think that's a huge part of it. And I think if people, young adults realize that, you know, if you're just good to, you know, be, be kind to people and, you know, don't, don't ask for recognition. Don't do that. That, that stuff comes later as you keep working hard. So what, um, so just talking a little bit about um, about like true lacrosse and kind of like what you do like as the director. So you say uh, you're the state director, all hats. I can explain. So I mean, it yeah. sounds like I mean, I, and I know just from working for you in the state of Utah, there is a lot that goes into running a program. I mean, I think at one point in Utah, how many kids did we have at one point? Like, wasn't it yeah, like we almost 2000 or something? Crazy? No, 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 we weren't. No, we weren't. Oh, at that. I mean, <laughs> no, we weren't at that. We were in our, in our state team program, which is our top program. We had about 208 guys. 208. And then we had a uh, couple girls teams. So, I mean, all, all said and done between like just participants in our full program and then people coming into like camps and clinics for like one-off stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we were probably at like four or 500 guys. Um, and then obviously a handful of uh, girls in there to, to do some training and some stuff. But um, yeah, I remember, I specifically remember that first summer you worked with us and we were going all over the place. We were all over and yeah. we would be on the field for, you know, 10 hours a day and just one team would roll in and then another team would roll in and then another team and it was just back to backs and you know in the hot desert high desert sun uh you know out sunburned. there and yeah it's sunburn and riverview junior high out in the grass yep. just yep. hanging out and so um you know when when all those when all that was done you know it was cool for you guys because you guys would just go back home and then i would have to like right. sit there and take phone calls and emails and update websites stuff like that so to your question, you know, you know, what exactly do I do on a, let's say daily basis? It's a little, it's a little different now because our company has gotten, it's gotten bigger or more efficient now um, than when maybe, you know, six years ago when I was over there uh, and starting it off. Six Utah. years ago? Yeah, it was, yeah, about, yeah, about six years ago, maybe touch less. And so I know wild, right. Um, and, and so to kind of explain 
what I was doing then to compare to what I do now. It's very similar, just like a little less, less because we have a team in place to help out with some back end stuff. But anyway, um, you know, I rolled out to Utah. I didn't know one person. I didn't have one player in my program. It was zero. I just showed up and I was like, Hey, here's two across. Um, <laughs> and I had a contact list. Right. And that's, that's what I ro- rolled out there with. And right. what I did was I would go around a bunch of different public libraries in the state. So North middle city, South and hit all these different counties or hit different city or different towns. And I would just hold an open meeting of what true lacrosse is. And I would just always send it out to my contacts. And all of a sudden I would always have a link in there. If you're not part of the contact, sign up for contact. And all of a sudden my contact started growing. Right. Um, and so anyway, I'd go out there and I would just say, Hey, three months guys, this is what we're going to do. And I would just explain our program, explain what we're doing. And, um, that just really started creating a big buzz in the lacrosse realm of things. And then all of a sudden I just picked a date on it and it was like, Hey, we're going to start hitting. And it didn't, it wasn't like a crazy influx of people. It wasn't like, Oh man, here's hundreds of kids. Now that's like, not what it was. It was a handful of guys here we go. And so I would just get on the field and practice and train them and coach them and teach them. And, you know, they were having a good time. Energy was good. It was great workouts. And then all of a sudden they would tell buddies. Right. And then all of a sudden now we got five more guys to practice and then they would tell buddies and it's just a snowball effect. Um, and so that's kind of the way it started. But so, so for instance, like I said, what I do on a daily basis, one, it's creating new players or contacts. It's, fixing the website for information it's so meaning on the computer I'm like I got to fix this website and then and then also on top of that I have to keep track of you know a normal business where's budgeting you know how much we spend it how much we make it uh where can we help implement some new things here uh new ideas right because you always have new ideas as you're doing this um, well, that's going to cost too much. We're not going to make any on that. So we can't do that, but we got to put that on the back burner. And then on top of that, I'm taking phone calls. I'm emailing. I'm now on the field coaching. Yeah. Um, I'm doing orders for equipment. I'm, you know, going to company meetings and different things like that and just trying to learn myself and, get to new different parts of the market. And so, you know, that's a lot of different things that most companies where, you know, if you showed up to a, you know, a certain company, I mean, you're going to have one job, like, okay, I'm going to be charged of the website, boom. And I'm going to be handling all the website stuff and you don't have to do anything else. And, you know, in our business, it's like, you got to do all of that. And, you know, and then on, like I said, on top of we're having those 12 hour days on the field. Um, and then all of a sudden, then we go on a trip. Right. Yeah. And so we're holding meetings or making sure personnel's there. So, you know, it's, it's a really cool thing um, because you learn so many different skill sets that you didn't really even thought you could do. And at the time you start, you're like, I definitely don't know how to do this. And then all of a sudden you just kind of learn and teach yourself. Um, and now, you know, I'm to the point now where I've been doing it so long. I mean, I would pretty much just have a timeline on a calendar of like, okay, this section of the year, this is what we have to be doing. Uh, we have to get ready for, so for instance, like right now it's springtime, it's March. Or it's kids, are playing springtime. There. kids are playing. So their now I'm planning, yeah, I'm planning everything for the new year, which starts in August Yeah. Um, down here. So it's like in a few weeks, I'm going to have all the fall 
schedule and everything done through the fourth quarter. So, you know, everything is so planned out ahead of time where you got to be on top of it. But then also, like we were talking about living the live kind of now in the present, you're still dealing with all the customer service stuff. So I would say the three biggest things I do is one personnel uh, engagement. So like relationships, right. Mm-hmm. Outreach, marketing, finding new clientele, uh, if you will. And then three is customer service. Like yeah. almost might probably be number one is customer service calling guys that are in your program, checking in with them, checking in with families, making sure you're communicating to uh, the families. Here's all the information. Here's everything you need. You know, make sure we're ready to go when this stuff comes up. Um, So those are probably my three biggest things. And it's like, you know what? I didn't go to school for any of those three things. (laughs) Right. I didn't didn't go to school for any of those three things. Right. I I wasn't a communications major. I wasn't a website designer. I wasn't a, you know, you know, customer service guy. I mean, I didn't do any of that stuff. I just knew how to talk to people. I knew how to create relationships. And then I learned all these other things kind of as we continued to go. Um, obviously once you get done with all the computer stuff and you're on the field coaching, I mean, that's the most, that's the, that's the most fun part. Uh, you know, you work hard in the office and then all of a sudden you get to go out and it's not even a stress reliever. It's just like, it's just fun, you know, and you get to see these young kids light up and they're having fun and, you know, you just get to use lacrosse as the platform that you get to do that on. But it's just like, it's almost like, man, I can't wait to just stay out there and not come back to the office for a second. <laughs> right. Oh, I, I mean, I bet, dude. And coaching, coaching is definitely something that I really enjoyed doing. I love doing it with you. I thought you were a great coach. The kids, I could tell the kids like totally loved you and respected you uh, as a coach that. And, uh, and so that was, that was always really cool. Like they always like did a, re- I always thought you did a good job. Um, you know, yeah, I had a little bit of different coaching style, you know, I, you know, there's, I, I had a coach in basketball. He was a great, he, he was, he was a great coach. And, he, and to be honest with you off the court, he, he was a really sincere guy. Like he really was, he was a very sweet, you know, sincere guy. And, um, but man on the basketball court, dude, he was fiery and he was in your face and he was old school and he demanded, you know what I mean? And so like, uh, you know, nowadays, I, I don't know if that'd be possible to be that type of coach, you know, uh, yeah. just with everything going on. And I don't even want to get into that, but you know, it's just a totally different mindset. And so that toughened me up pretty fast, you know, and, you know, became a yes, sir kind of guy and just let's work hard, keep your nose down and get going. Um, when you get praised, you get praised, but don't definitely don't ask for it. Um, and so when I had a coach like that, I got to college and that coach was almost total opposite. He was, you know, he's a quieter, great knowledge of the game, but he was like, lacrosse is second, man. Like, let's figure out what you want to do. Let's figure out how you are as a person. You know, let's make sure you become a better man coming out of college. And so going from a switch to a switch like that, I mean, that was a big change, right. uh, For me. And then, but on top of that, he just cared so much how you were as a person instead of a lacrosse player and lacrosse player was like second. And that really hit me hard. And I was like, that's really cool. And so when I started coaching, I wanted to put, I wanted to be more like that where I wasn't like a drill sergeant or to be honest with you, I was almost like kind of part of the two a little bit. All right. There's moments where you need to demand and like, Hey, we get to get stuff done. And then there's times where you're like joking and your buddies with the guys. Right. 
Right. And, and so you got to have a good mix of those. Um, and I think when I started my coaching career, I did a really good job of doing both of those things. And that's just kind of been my philosophy the whole time is, all right, we are in sports. We are in team play here. We got to have some discipline, right? Some accountability because that's part of sports. Um, and that's just part of life. I mean, you got to go to a job, you got to have accountability and discipline, or you're just not going to have a job anymore. And so, you know, I just, like I said, I have the platform to do it on. So I'd be really strict there. And then all of a sudden when that time wasn't happening, then I'd be like, Hey, we're buddies. How's it going? Like, you know, just be a total normal guy. Uh, like one of the, one of the teammates. Right. Um, and I think kids really, really mesh to that. They really, you know, really kind of came together with that and they like really enjoy that. So I would say have to, I would have to say those two coaches made me have the success that I probably have today with just like making a, uh, an impact or a role model for some of these kids for sure. My, uh, you know, I like to joke that my coaching style was, I would just repeat what you said and then I would do it louder and I would say it three times. Uh, that was what I would just say whatever you said, and I would just say it louder, and I would say it three times. That was my coaching style. I remember our buddy Gene was on the field, and you know, you know, he was a great coach too. He, you know, he would be in the mix and telling guys new stuff, which is great. And you know, I, I gave I gave everyone coaching freedom. I was like, you guys, like, you know, as long as we get to like this point, like this is the main goal. We got to get to here. I don't really care how we get there. Um, and so I remember we were at a practice one time and I'm trying to think of where we were. I can't think of where we were, but I was standing next to Gian and we were doing like some six on six stuff or no, what we were doing. Oh, that's what we were doing. We were doing some stick work stuff. And I would just use all my teaching cues, like, you know, hands up, triple threat, all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm sitting there next to Gian and I stopped, I stopped yelling it for a second. And then all of a sudden I start hearing Scott in the background, just <laughs> And then you start screaming it and I start laughing and you can be like, what are you laughing about? I'm like, just listen to Scott right now. Look at him. And then I go watch this and I go, and I would yell something new. And then like maybe 35 seconds later, you start yelling that. And I'm like, this is great. This is hilarious. I love it. But that's how you learn. Though. That's how you learn to do it. Yeah. I just remember I always got a kick out of that. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was, yeah. I tried no, to, the, yeah the boys the... responded to you too really well. They, they, they enjoyed you guys. And I would have to say that's because you were more of, you know, one of the guys, you weren't trying to be some drill sergeant out there. You're just like, Hey guys, we're having fun. Here's what we're going to learn. We demand when we need to demand, but other than that, like, let's just get out here and work hard. Let's go. And so yeah, let's go play. always respond to the coaches like that real well. Yeah. I think when I, I always tried to, I think the thing that I always just cared a lot. I always just cared a lot. And I think kids can tell when you care, you know, they, they feel like if you're hard on them or if you try to, you know, give them some feedback or something and they can tell that it's coming from um, a place of, of compassion, um, you know, I think they respond better to that than, you know, just yelling at them because you're an angry old man sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. It's, it's, you have to, you just got to care. And I could, I, I think you said it perfect. I, if you care, people realize you care. doesn't matter on what level parents and players, um, you know, when they see that they're like, wow, this guy's like a good person. And I want to have my kid around good people. Right. I mean, I don't have kids, but that's probably what I'll do with my kids. Like let's put them around good people and 
it'll probably turn out okay. But uh, on top of whatever I'm doing, you know, uh, it's because not, you know, not all kids listen to mom and dad all the time or, you know, it falls on deaf ears sometimes, but yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more, man. Well, are you, um, you know, are you, I've been doing this new thing with the show uh, where I've been asking people, um, you know, to, to overrate or underrate this list of, of topics that I've, I've come up with. So are you, are you ready to play uh, overrated or underrated with Mason? I'm Park? ready to play. Let's do it. All right. Cue the music. Okay, here we go. Um, so I got about a list of 10 or 12 things here. Um, and, you know, you can kind of just say whether you think they're uh, underrated or overrated. And, you know, if you want to give uh, a three or five second reason for why you think uh, for, for your answer, uh, that would be that would be totally fine. Um, so I guess uh, so you're ready. Here we go. Uh, the first one. Spring break. Overrated. Overrated. <laughs> why is it overrated? <laughs> overrated. I always, I probably only say that is because I, I you're, live you're in, in like winter. Miami right now. You're like this is like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Life. I've lived, I've <laughs> lived in the winter. I've lived in the mountains, and I live on the beach now. So it's like spring break, people come skiing, or spring break, everyone goes to the beach. And so since I've lived in both of those places without spring break week happening, I had yeah. it all the time. So overrated. <laughs> uh, uh, quarantining. Underrated. Underrated. Uh, uh, Missouri. Underrated. Underrated. Uh, lacrosse. Underrated for sure. Uh, dog. More kids are gonna more kids are gonna be playing that like crazy because people are stopped playing football. Yeah. And I say that, and I come from one of the biggest football states now. There isn't probably you know I mean, some of the southern states obviously, but like football in Florida is like crazy, crazy good. And there's less and less kids playing, and people want to play something fast with skill and can still be able to have some contact. And lacrosse is, lacrosse is that game. So, yeah, it's going to take off, dude. Uh, dogs. Underrated. Underrated. Dogs are, the best. dogs are the best thing of all time. I got two of them. They're in the other room here. Uh, cats. Overrated. <laughs> uh, coaching. Underrated. Uh, Facebook. Over. Underwater welding. Underrated. Those guys get paid crazy good. That's a dangerous uh, job. You know that, right? That's like a super dangerous job. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I imagine you got an oxygen switch. tank on your back and you're like ripping sparks right in front of you. Like, dude, that's so dangerous. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds intense. I feel like it would be intense for yeah. sure. Um, uh, country music. Underrated. Underrated. Uh, techno music. Underrated. Those are like two favorite genres right there. <laughs> golf. Uh, golf. Underrated. Best sport. Uh, Tiger Woods. Underrated. He's the man. <laughs> Jack Nicholas. Underrated. He is the best. <laughs> uh, New York style pizza. Overrated. <laughs> Oh, really? I've lived in Chicago, dude. That's tough. 
Yeah, it's true. Um, okay, well, hey, I feel like that was a pretty. That was all I got. So you know, pretty, pretty good episode of uh, <laughs> overrated or underrated. I never know which one it is. Is it underrated or overrated, or overrated or underrated? Like which way? Yeah. Which probably way? over first. Go over first. Over first. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, that was great, Mason. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, Threw me a couple um, curveballs there. That was good. That was good. Well, yeah, I, I, I wanted to tie in some golf and um, and then also where you're from um, and as, as, as well as where you are. So what um, I guess I wanted to maybe kind of pivot now toward um, kind of like the end of the show where we talk about a little bit about like if you have, um, you know, think about like some kids that are maybe playing college sports, they're trying to decide, uh, maybe they're interested in coaching. Like, what would you, um, how do you think you would approach, you know, getting involved in coaching out of college? Absolutely. Um, well, I think one would maybe help to just say real quick how I got into it. And then two, yeah. you know, I, like I said, I've had, I've had, I've had kids reach out to me or say they almost ask the exact same thing you just asked like hey how do I get into this and so and I also have a nephew that's trying to get into it as well so I'm I have a family member that's about to get into it so um so for me something that I something that came across and something that I did is I would find summer camps you know quick little week two week things whatever sport you're in it doesn't matter what sport you're in or it doesn't even matter if you're in a sport you can go to you know, there's band camp and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? There's a million different things you can do, right? There's camps for everything. So whatever that is, try to go to some sort of one-off camp. And that's kind of like your tester. That's like your dip your toes in. Okay. Is this something I enjoy? Did I have fun doing that? And if the answer is yes, then you should probably do it again. And if the answer is no, then it's like, all right, now we need to figure out maybe a different strategy here. Um, or as you said, pivot. So you got to pivot somewhere else. Um, but for me, I got an opportunity to go be in an overnight summer camp for 10 weeks in the middle of Portland, like near Portland, Maine, which is like way up there. Yeah. It's and a pretty place. I've, I've, my mother and sister have traveled there. They showed me pictures. It's beautiful. It's beautiful up there, especially summertime. I mean, winter's like straight up winter, but, yeah. uh, it's summertime. It's beautiful. There's a ton of lakes. I mean, the trees and the weather it's like it's awesome people are really really nice up there uh genuine people and so anyway i would i would just go out there for 10 weeks out of the summer and i was a camp counselor and so I, when i showed up i was like all right i'm just gonna be coaching lacrosse like this will be cool not the case so i was coaching lacrosse for like maybe two hours a day other than that i was like a babysitter i was a counselor i was a friend i was a coach I was a dad uh you know I was responsible for all of these things for these kids right and I just like that helped me grow up real quick but it also realized like wow I'm actually like making a difference in these kids lives on just so many other levels at this moment um and so as soon as I did that I came back and like I said I go that's exactly what I want to do so to your question how do people get into it that's how I got into it uh, but there's our, there are kids that are reaching out now where, you know, that want to coach or they want to get into some sort of coaching. And so the easiest way to do it is to find some sort of camp or clinic during the summer or whenever you're free or whatever that timeline is to get in there to see if you like it. 
And if you do like it, obviously you have, you probably made a connection when you're there of a guy that probably runs it or, you know, because most of the time you probably get paid doing it or you're volunteering or, you know, so if you're volunteering, you're not getting paid, but like, you know, a guy that helps you out, like he's pretty much hiring you or asking you to be participant. So like now you just immediately reach out to that guy again. Everything that we do in our business for coaching is all about follow-up. Number one, follow-up. If you don't hit somebody up, don't expect an, don't expect anything because you, know, you never asked. And, you know, or say, hey, I'm always available. I'm always here to help you out. Then they will ask, you know. And so that's number one. And then two is if you're in a sport, per se, then you ask one of the one of your coaches that you've had a good relationship. It doesn't matter if it's past coach or a coach that you have currently. And I guarantee you, they know someone that can say, oh yeah, this guy runs a team. He probably loves some extra help. Boom, now you're in. So once again, that's a follow-up. So number one is follow-up. If you don't follow up or even ask, like you're never gonna have anything. So I'm just saying, use your connections that you've had or maybe that you've met with and that's number one and so you can have all the skills in the book down and all these degrees and all these uh certifications if you will and don't get me wrong i have i have a degree i have certifications in certain things for sure and and yes those are helpful those are never not going to be helpful but it is about who you make a relationship with and it is about who you know because i guarantee you they know somebody else that's going to help you out as well Um, and that is like, that's number one. And so the business that I'm in is like very relationship driven. And that's why I've gotten so used and also really can like really rely on those connections so much on those people, because I mean, it's about who, you know, at the end of the day, um, yeah, the certifications help you out on resumes and things, but like, if you don't know somebody, it's going to be pretty tough to get in somewhere. So a coach, current coach, past coach reaching out maybe to your local, uh, uh, boys and girls club or like a, you know, YMCA or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Youth organization, right. parks and rec, like those guys have clinics and camps all the time and they're always looking for help and volunteers. Right. So that's a great way to get involved just to see if you like it. Uh, Cause we've had guys coach with us, Scott, where it's like, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And they get out there. And it's like, man, dude, he's like, I can try to teach you how to do this better. I will try to teach you how to do it better. But if you don't bring any sort of like deep passion to it, it's going to be pretty tough for you to do this. No. Uh, and those guys get weeded out pretty fast and that's just part of it, but just get your toes in there somehow and figure it out. But you got to know some, you got to use your follow-up and use your connection a little bit. That's number one. Um, I know I, I got lucky when I feel like one good way to do it or I, a way that I've seen people do it is um, sometimes like guys stay around, not necessarily as like, you know, kind of like the equivalent of like a grad assistant or something like yeah. that you know, like maybe, maybe they're doing a fifth year of school, like, or like Matt Hearn did that, like my buddy Matt Hearn did that. Um, I know Nick Marcy did that. The Larkins did that. Um, you know, they kind of like stayed around and helped coach for like maybe that fifth year of school where they were like finishing up some credits, but they were out of eligibility or something. And they kind of just like still wanted to be involved with the team. And so, you know, they would shag balls and help run drills or whatever. And I got involved in coaching kind of like, I was lucky my roommate was the head coach at Highland High School for a while. And then he, so kind of the same thing, kind of just through your networks and through, through your network and through your connections. Um, he ended up leaving and like, no, like he wasn't the head coach anymore. 
um, but kind of like made an introduction to the head coach and the head in the new head coach um, ended up asking. I don't know if you ever knew Neil Blaney. He was the head coach at Highland. Um, Neil, that's yeah. how I ended up. That was how I ended up being an assistant, um, an assistant coach at, at Highland High School. And so, yeah, I, I would agree that. Um, go Rams. With, go Rams. That's right, baby. Um, <laughs> you know, I would make sure to follow up with your network and try to get involved, um, you know, in the places that that are available to you. Um, so I guess, you know, kind of like one of my last questions would kind of just be, if you were thinking back, um, you know, if you were thinking back to when you were younger, when you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do, um, you know, when you were thinking about being an underwater welder, when you were thinking about when you were studying physical therapy, when you were doing all this stuff, I mean, what kind of, uh, and then I guess when you ultimately decided to, um, take on this this coaching job um this coaching role um i mean what advice do you think you would give yourself um looking back or give to to other people that are trying to think about you know how to start their careers and figure out what they want to do yeah i think you know great question i think number i think a great thing for me was i actually didn't learn it till about five or six years out of college um and Shout like out to my dad, Trey Pogue. Uh, he uh, he kind of brought a realization to me at that point because I was going through some stresses, right? I was going through some, you know, whatever hardship at the time. Nothing like crazy. It's just like my own personal whatever. And uh, he he would kind of tell me this, and I'll tell I'll tell the young listeners to this, and however we can help on this. But when you are thinking about what you're trying to do or where you try, when you, when you, where you want to go. Um, well, number one, like we said earlier in the show is be flexible, be ready to roll with it a little bit because those things you have to happen. But the number one thing is how do you measure success? Okay. And for me out of college, I was measuring success in relationships, helping people and how good that felt. Right. And then about, halfway through, I was starting to measure my success through finance, like financial success. And then brought back down to reality. That wasn't that important to me. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I make money and, you know, I'm working on a business and this and that, but, you know, am I a guy that is coming and he's 25 and he's like off wall street and he's like super career driven and financially driven. And he's just like, a you know, super wealthy now. No, I wasn't like that. So what my dad said, he goes, well, how do you measure success? And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. They only got through me for a loop. I didn't know. And so something for the listeners here is like, okay, figure out what success means to you. Does that mean financial? Does that mean I'm going to work so hard and have all this money by the time I'm whatever, 30, but then you look back and you go, well, who did I really make a relationship with? Do I, have, do I have a wife? Do I have a girlfriend? Do I have a family? Do I have people to share this with? Because if you don't, then you just kind of just put your head down and yeah, you made all this money and now you can maybe start. But now it's like, dude, you're 30 now. Kind of just missed all your 20s to do that, right? You have that fun time and do the relationship part. Or do you measure success in helping other people? Do you measure success in getting jobs done? You know, more task driven, if you will. Um, I built this, I built that type of thing, you know, uh, whatever career you're getting into, 
So it's all about how you measure success. And I think if you come to a realization on how you measure that personally, in your mind, I think that you'll have a better path. I think you'll have a little bit smoother path on what you're trying to do um, and what you're trying to accomplish. Because for me, like I said, my, my passion, my success was I get to help young people. You know, I get them to college. I get to watch them on TV on Saturdays now. And it's like, dude, how sick is that? Right. And then I got a relationship forever. I have a relationship with their family. They text me or call me and they're like, Hey man, thanks. This is like, and it's really heartwarming, you know, heartfelt details and, uh, you know, comments to you where you're like, man, that feels good. Right. And so that was my success. That was like, man, that feels good. Uh, and then, you know, the financial stuff kind of comes when it comes, but I wasn't measuring myself on my bank account. And then some of my other friends are, and that's fine. They're doing well. They're good people still, but you know, they maybe missed out on some things just because they were so financially driven. And so, like I said, if you just, how do you measure self and success, figure out what that means to you, figure out what, how important that is to you. And then that's that passion part deep down that you have to live with the whole time. So the passion is never going to leave on anything that you can't just like get rid of that. That's from deep within. And, uh, you know, just kind of however you measure that, that's how you're going to, how you're going to move forward. So. I think that, I think that's um, good advice. I don't think anybody's necessarily uh, said that so far um, that, and I, and I totally agree. I actually have a book um, that my grandpa gave me. I started reading it. I don't think I didn't end up finishing it, but it was, how do you measure? It was called, how do you measure success? And um and I should go finish that. I should. Uh... Yeah, I should. <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I mean, that was, that was, that was five or six years after I was doing this, you know, and I was, it was financially at a time where I was like moving or something and like something was stressing me out. Right. Some sort of new stress that came up and dad's like, no dude, like, are you measuring your success on how much money's in your bank account or like how you're helping people right now? Yeah. So he said, and I sat there and thought about that. I was like, oh yeah, he's right. Totally right. <laughs> <laughs> Get back, get back to reality here, bud. Like, <laughs> what? Um, well, Mason, I think you know. Thank you so much for for coming on for coming on the show, and um, you know, I, I thought this was a really great conversation, and um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping hoping everything goes well, and I'm sorry I'm not in Florida. We could have played golf together this week. I'm sorry. Yeah, that would have been great, there. dude. You already got your Florida short on. <laughs> I got the yeah, I got the shirt on. Well, hopefully, you know, uh, if we come to Florida next time, um, you know, we can hang out. Absolutely, Scott. It's been a pleasure. Um, you know, I had a blast doing this, and I'm happy that you reached out. And you know, I, I love doing stuff like this. So anytime I can, uh, any anytime I can help, would love to do so. And if you ever want to come down to Florida and coach for a weekend, let me. Uh, oh, that'd know. be fun. That'd be super fun. <laughs> that'd uh, be great. Right, well, well nice. Thanks again, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Scott. All right, peace. I want to say a big thank you to my guest and friend Mason Polk for coming on Digital Mentorship. I enjoyed our conversation about embracing change, managing stress, and defining what success means to you. Mason and I are passionate about helping and connecting with people, which was always evident when we were coaching on the field together. If you are considering a career in coaching athletics, don't hesitate to reach out to Mason or me. And if you know anyone considering a career in coaching, please share this podcast with them. I also want to thank all of you for listening in and supporting this show. If you haven't done so already, please leave a five-star rating and comment. And also, please tell your friends about the show. This is your hot with Scott Kellner, and we'll see you next time on Digital Mentorship.
time of winter 